Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I just want to quote a couple of verses for you today. The Bible says this in Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Are you trusting the Lord today? Are you trusting the Lord for everything that you need in your life? Take your Bible and turn to Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. The Bible says in verse 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. The title of the message tonight is Investing in a Promise. As I watched the video up here tonight, I saw one thing. I saw a lot of things, but I saw one thing that's very important. From, from the very beginning, these men and these women were investing in a promise, and that promise is the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation and the perpetuity of the church. That's the promise that God has given to us. Jeremiah was a man who was often called the weeping prophet, a prophet of loneliness, but he had a great message that he was giving to the nation, and that was that they were going to be overtaken by the Babylonian Empire, by Nebuchadnezzar, and Zechariah was going to, was going to be, was going to be uh, uh, captured, and, and he was considered a person of treason because he preached the truth of God and he preached the sin of a nation. And he preached the wrath of God. The Bible says in Jeremiah 23 and verse 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. A king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And in his days, Judah shall be saved. But before that, they had to go through some issues. They had to go into captivity. Jeremiah was given some explicit instructions at that time. When it was difficult to do, he did what he was supposed to do. He preached the word of God. God has given us a lot of promises in the Bible. The Bible tells us, and we just read it, that if you know the name of God and you put your, your trust in his name, he'll, he'll help you. The Bible tells us that, that uh, he says he will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The Bible says in Matthew 28 and verse 19, and if you go out into the, all the world, the Bible says, the Lord says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. There are promises in the Bible. According to Herbert Lockyer, there are 3,700 promises in the Bible. Let me ask you a question. How many do you know? And how many do you claim and how many do you trust in for the Lord? In April 7, 1979, I, 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 I heard the message of salvation, and I heard the promise, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I heard the promise, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And Pastor Thomas Kuhn of Ambassador Baptist Temple there in his couch told me all about Jesus. And that morning, Jesus saved my soul. Because I invested in a promise, and that promise was Christ. 
This church needs to invest in a promise to continue to grow, to continue to do what God wants it to do. And we need to invest in promises with the Lord. I want to show you something. The Bible teaches us that Jeremiah was having some problems. Jeremiah was, was uh, and later on we'll find he was in prison. He was considered a person of treason, but we understand that his problems were temporary. Do you realize something that Jeremiah, after Jeremiah, after, after all, of the, all of the people went into captivity and, and David and, and, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, after all those people were taken into captivity, guess what happened to Jeremiah? Jeremiah was spared. He was taken care of. The Bible says in verse chapter 39 and verse 11, Now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah, the Neb- Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, saying, Take him and look well to him. Jeremiah was trusting in a promise. He was trusting in, a, in, a, in, in, God, in the God of heaven, an omnipotent God, an omniscient God who told him exactly what was going to happen with the nation. We know what's going to happen with this nation. We know what's going to happen with this world. How many have ever studied the book of Revelation? We know exactly what's going to happen. But in the meantime, we have to be able to trust in the promises of God. Trust in the promises of God. And the Bible teaches us in, in our text right here, look what it says, verses 6 through 9. And Jeremiah, and Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came unto him. Behold, Hanamiel, the son of Shalom, thine uncle, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee a field that is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is thy to buy it. The country was going to be overtaken. Land was going to be worth nothing. And he told Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, he said, listen, you invest in this land. There was a reason for that. Because God was going to bring them back. Because the Lord was going to return and allow this nation to be reestablished. And he told Jeremiah, who was in prison. (laughs) You go tell, you go, you're going to receive word to buy this land. And while he was in prison, he called Barak his secretary, and he wrote out the deed, and he bought the land because God had given him a promise that the land was going to be restored. Seventy years later, he, he bought the land. It was, a, it was a, a, a living illustration to the children of Israel to promise or to live and trust God in the promises of the word of God. Jeremiah had been given a promise by God. Listen, trust doesn't come without a certain level of anxiety. I was watching these building programs. We went, I, the Lord allowed us to plant some churches in Canada. We went through one program to buy a building. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you what, there's anxiety with that. Here's what happens when you have a promise laid before you by God. You have to trust God to fulfill his word. And what happens in your heart as you begin to feel vulnerable, maybe you feel a little anxiety in your heart. Can I really believe God? Can I really trust God that he's going to fulfill his word? Listen, you did it. If you're saved today, you did it when you were saved. You trusted the Lord and you trusted his word. Can you trust him for your daily life? Can you trust him to take care of you? Our brother here has some problems with his family. And his son was having hearing difficulties. His other son couldn't get a visa. 
We were endeavoring, our family, we came to Canada in 1997 to, to, to be able to plant some churches and serve the Lord, and, and, uh, and we were actually going to go to Germany, brother, and, and, uh, and work with the Muslims in Germany, and on the way there, we decided to put our daughter in the hospital to have correction for scoliosis, and that surgery left her paralyzed. She's paralyzed today, what, 26 years later, she's still in a wheelchair, She's a lawyer, and she says to me, Dad, you keep giving me trouble, you might be my next case. <laughs> She's a wonderful young lady that trusts in a promise. God has promised to take care of her. God has promised to be with her and never leave her, never forsake her. We took her down to Pensacola Christian College. She got her pre-law degree, and when she graduated pre-law, we left Canada and went down there. And God had brought us to Canada because of her, because of her, her uh, malady. And the Lord allowed us to move into Canada. The Canadian government let us stay here. And then she went down there to Bible college. We went down there, and here she is in a wheelchair with a degree. And we say, okay, Rachel, we're going to pack you up, bring you back to Canada. She started crying. I said, no, Dad, no. I said, wait a minute, I'm your dad. No. <laughs> I said, why are you telling me No. She said, because God wants me to stay here. She was investing in a promise. God wants me to stay here. I said, okay, listen, we have 48 hours, only 48 hours, and we have to have, you have to have a place to live, you have to have a job, you have to have communication, you have to have a form of transportation. 48 hours. Guess what I was doing? We found an apartment for her, and guess what I was doing? I was building a wheelchair ramp to her apartment the very next day. God supplied the need. She ended up getting a cell phone. She didn't have a job yet, but she was at the top of that brand-new ramp in her apartment looking out at us, and we, Donna and I, were leaving. And she was at the top of that wheelchair ramp waving us goodbye. We cried for 100 miles, but she trusted in a promise. She invested in God. She got a job, there was transportation, she's doing well, and I'll tell you what, she's still in a wheelchair, but she invested in God, God took care of her. You see, she's doing some wonderful things for the Lord, even to this day. Jeremiah was in prison, and God said, you buy this land. <laughs> and he's like, okay, Lord, I'll buy this land. He was a living example to those around him. I want to ask you a question. Are you a living example to those around you? If problems happen in your life and problems with what's happening in the world today, when these problems begin to encroach upon you and begin to envelope you and begin to harness you and begin, and begin to work on your life, are you saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to invest in you because you're the one that is working in my life. And I want the world to see, just as Jeremiah wanted the world to see, that God is true. Are you, are you investing in the promises of God? Do you know the promises? Do you know that all things work together for good to them that love God? <laughs> to them who are the called according to his purpose? Do you believe that? Will you invest in that promise of God? And will you go out and will you share the gospel with the world around you and invest in that promise of God so this church can, as the pastor said this morning, see 90 years, see 100 years? And continue to grow for the Lord. There's always a level of anxiety. It wasn't easy for this young lady to say, Dad and Mom, goodbye, I'm going to trust the Lord. 
She ended up going to college and got her law degree. Of course, the same thing happened after law school. She said, God wants me to stay here. And I'm like, what is going on? Here's a young lady that cannot walk. She's in a wheelchair and she's trusting God. I said the same thing. You got to have a job. You got to have work. You got to have all this. She said, Dad, God's already done it once. He can do it again. There's a lady in New Jersey said, I'd like Rachel to come and live with me. Some head, she was at, our, at one of our churches, at our church in, in Brampton, and, and, uh, and she, a headhunter found her, not a real headhunter, you know, but a headhunter, business headhunter found her and brought her to the States and moved her to the States. She set up a house there, and, and she was working for a, for a medical company, and she called us and said, I'd like to have Rachel come and stay with me. I said, Lord, you're amazing. You're a great God. Rachel went and stayed with her for two years. Now she's still there in New Jersey. She just, she just quit the job that she was in to move to a better job. She's making over $120,000 a year U.S. And I said, praise God, here's a young lady who cannot walk. And you tell me you got problems. When we walked into that hospital with Rachel, she had on a pair of black blue jeans and she had on a sweater with the Tasmanian devil on it. She was 13 years old and she was doing pirouettes as she walked up the, up the, the hallway and the hospital, you know, they have those rails along the way. She would throw her leg up on there and stretch out like she was doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, ballerina stuff. She went in for the surgery And she never walked out. We were devastated. We were devastated. But we had a promise from God. Because several years later, the Lord said, I want you to serve me as a missionary. And we, uh, we were on our knees, my wife and I, and we prayed, Lord, what are we going to do? And the Lord said, I didn't change my call. I didn't change my call. I will meet your need. I will take care of you. And you know what? He has every step of the way. Every single step of the way. Are you investing in a promise? Are you investing in God? If you're not saved tonight, are you investing in the Lord? You've heard the gospel Several messages, if you've been here for any time, you've heard them preach that Jesus is the Savior of the world. As a Christian, are you trusting in the Lord? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And he says, you shall find rest unto your souls. His yoke is easy. His yoke is light. Are you trusting in these promises of God? Or are you saying it's no use? Jeremiah could have said it's no use. Paul and Silas, while they were in prison, said it's no, they could have said it's no use. We're not going to sing. And the prison doors may have been open. Everybody ran away. And the prisoner, the, the warden, come out with a sword and, and probably thrust themselves through and die. And Paul and, Paul and Silas were, did, took the opposite approach and they sang. And the prison doors were open and all the prisoners stayed there. And the, when the warden got saved and his family and everyone got baptized, you know why? They invested in a promise. The promise of God.
Trust doesn't come without a certain level of anxiety because, yes, there's a bit of vulnerableness, a little bit of anxiety there because we are of human nature. And how many guys here, my wife says, you're one of those guys, you always have to fix it. How many of you guys are like that? You see a problem, you think you've got to fix it. There are some things that are bigger than you, and only God can fix it. I found that many times in my life. Only God can save your soul, and that's through Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted him, you are not saved. But if you have, you are. Now, as a Christian, as a Bible-believing Christian, every step of your life are you trusting the Lord? As this church continues to grow and as the pastor continues to lay out before you things for this church to do, outreach ministries to go with, and, and, and children to reach, and praise God, I just cannot believe you started your open evangelism, knocking on doors, 20 people yesterday knocking on doors, one soul saved, I said, praise God, what's wrong with us? <laughs> we got to get out and do that. We've been stuffing mailboxes. Invest in a promise. Thank you for that challenge. i got to do that. When I get back, that's the first thing we're going to do. You see, because God has given us a promise. Jeremiah, the Lord said, Jeremiah, buy some land. So he had Barak come, and Barak wrote up the deed, and he bought the land from his uncle Hamaliel. <laughs> and, and everyone else went into captivity, but Jeremiah was blessed of God. Sure, he was put in the, in the pit, and sure, he had to be pulled out, and sure, people were accusing him of treason, and sure, they wanted him to die. But in the midst of all, he could have said, forget it, forget it, I'm going to go with the crowd, I'm going to go with the people. I know Jeremiah said, this is what God said. In fact, the Bible tells us, and the word of the Lord came unto me many times in the book of Jeremiah, because that was God's word. I want to ask you a question as we get ready to close tonight. Is God speaking to you through his word? Are you reading it? Do you know the promises? Are you taking the promises of God? Are you making and applying them to yourself in the midst of all that's going on in the world? Praise God, you're still here. I heard about all the stuff you were doing, preacher, by having some people here and some people over there and the fiber optics and everything. Brother, brother, judge, <laughs> judge, judge, right? Judge. Ooh. <laughs> brother, judge. <laughs> Watch him turn my mic off. <laughs> brother, judge. What a, what, a, what a man helping to set all this stuff up. And he could see you over there and you could see him and you could dialogue with one another because you didn't quit. Because you're investing in a promise. Things may get harder. I don't know. Things may get easier. I don't know. But I do understand one thing. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Are you willing to invest in a promise of the word of God? Are you in, willing to invest in the Lord as he works in your life personally? If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, are you willing to invest in that promise? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you do that? If you are saved, believe God. Move forward. Do great things. Watch God work. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. Maybe this evening you might say, Pastor Cook, I've never placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I've never claimed that promise. 
Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you pray for me? I know I need to be saved. I just know it. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that with the uplifted hand? I know I need to be saved. I'm not going to point you out or embarrass you or anything. I'm just going to pray for you. I need to be saved. I know it. I have a lump in my chest, a, a, a tightness in my chest, a lump in my throat, and I know I need to be saved. I'm just convicted about it. Would you pray for me? And maybe this evening you might say, Pastor Cook, I'm a Christian. Sometimes things look so bleak and they're so hard. Sometimes I'm, 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 I feel vulnerable and I'm afraid to trust in God and His promises. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me, anybody like that? Everybody's trusting in all the promises all the way, 100%. Bless your heart, I see that. Yeah, trust in the Lord. Let God, because God is omniscient. God knows what's going on. Heavenly Father, I pray you move in a mighty way in our hearts that we will place our faith and trust in you, not only for salvation, but for every step, because you, you and your word are a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Save that soul that is nearest to hell tonight. And Lord, work in our lives that we would walk with you. In Jesus' name, for his sake, amen.